Bible reading comes from Luke 2, 8 to 14. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all of the people. Today in the town of David, a Saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest of heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. we've been going through what we've been calling the songs of christmas and today we're going to look at this song of the angels uh not the band the angels obviously but the angels uh here and uh and so i just draw your attention if you do have a bible i encourage you to open uh open it up uh but we will have a bit of a closer look so let's pray and uh and we'll have a look at this song of the angels heavenly father thank you uh, that your angels uh proclaimed uh, this wonderful message to Uh, lowly shepherds uh, the forgotten shepherds out in the fields and father god we can draw great comfort from that but this morning lord help us to open your word and and feel convicted Uh, know that we've been convicted by your holy spirit Uh, father god we pray this morning that you will challenge us we pray that we will be challenging us to, to make this christmas one of a joy which is based in reality and not just a joy based on the worldly understanding So, Father God, bless us now and help us to enjoy this time in your word. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Well, I don't think anyone would disagree that uh, on many terms, Christmas is about joy. Uh, Over in New Zealand, uh, there was a brother and sister a few years ago, Cherie Royal and Brendan Pannier. Uh, They lived in Wellington. Well, they still live in Wellington. And, And they'd had a terrible, terrible year. And so... Uh, a member of the Wellington Hurricanes Super Rugby players visited them and, uh, and gave them a Christmas hamper. And the, the article said that they did this in order to bring them great joy. Now, all around the world at Christmas, there are organisations that seek to bring great joy to people at Christmas. The University uh, of Bradford, their uh, School of Health Studies, well, they collect presents for children who will spend Christmas in hospital. And the article that talks about that says they do this so to bring them great joy. In the United States, uh, the McLean County Chamber of Commerce and the Bloomington and Normal Trades and Labor Assembly, try to put that on a business card, holds an annual Christmas party for unemployed families in their county. It's to bring them great joy. In Scandinavia, there's a group that collects books uh, for children and then distributes them Uh, to children who are in need and they say they do it to bring great joy Uh, here in our own church we collect christmas hampers every year uh, things items and money for christmas hampers to give to people to bring great joy and as we speak thousands or more than thousands a hundred million children throughout the world have been given a shoebox by samaritan's purse Uh, 1300 of them we packed ourselves And why do we do that? Why does Samaritan's Purse do that? Well, to bring great joy to kids at Christmas. See, bringing joy to others at Christmas 
is what we love about Christmas. That's why we wrap our presents and we wait with anticipation to see each other's response. That's why there's so much pressure when you open your Christmas presents to give a joyful response even if you're not feeling it inside. See, the book of Luke was compiled here with an idea around joy at the birth of Jesus. You see, Luke, who wrote this book that we've just read, that the Kaz just brought to us, was a man of science. He was a doctor. And over three, three years, uh, three years or so, he went and he found eyewitnesses about the life, birth, life, death, and resurrection of Jesus in order to compile it so that he can bring us the reality of the joy that Christmas is meant to bring us. See, Luke records how after Jesus' birth, a host of angels visited some shepherds in the fields nearby. And let me read you uh, verses 8 to 11. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy. For all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is Christ or Messiah, the Lord. See, I bring you good news of great joy for all the people. Christmas has always meant to be about joy. See, when we seek to bring joy to others, when we enjoy Christmas lunches, when we enjoy our Christmas dinners, our Christmas presents, our Christmas holidays, when we get the rest, the renewal, we are certainly celebrating with the idea of joy and rest and renewal, but joy, and that's okay. That's what Christmas was always going to be about. But if you think about there's something that's insufficient about the joy we receive at Christmas. See, it doesn't last. Christmas doesn't bring lasting joy. It's more like a booster shot of vitamin B12 once a year. It just gives us a bit of a pep up, we get excited, we have some joy for a while, and then what happens? January comes. January, that time where we start getting ready for work again, for school again, when suddenly the joy seems to be a frantic energy, a frenetic energy, in which everyone's forgotten that we can have joy. But see, it's more than that. It's, there, there are lives so deeply affected by loss in our world, in our church, in our society, in our culture around this time, that they won't ever really feel that joy that we try to create at Christmas. Loved ones that are no longer with us, relationships that are broken down, families that no longer are together. And if there's any year that we are aware that joy isn't just a given at Christmas, well, I think it's this year. People, I've seen headlines, Christmas is cancelled. Why is Christmas cancelled according to the world? Because they can't create the joy that is normally created around Christmas. So it's been a tough year and we have to live in the reality of that. 
but maybe it's giving us a glimpse of what some other people are feeling year in, year out that we didn't realise. Is Christmas cancelled? Can we truly have joy when we can't put on the big parties, we can't go up to Queensland on our holidays? All these things have been cancelled. We're stuck in some areas of Sydney with just the people we see every day in the five kilometres around us. That's not much joy, is it? See, when I was young, nothing gave me greater joy than Christmas holidays. It started at the beginning of December. We'd put up the Christmas tree, put up the Christmas lights. I remember Christmas Eve, the anticipation of waking up the next morning. Some random guy had left all this stuff at the end of my bed in a, in a pillowcase. The first half hour of Christmas Day, which I've been trying to recreate for my children, they don't seem to be so into it. Maybe they just got lots more stuff than I had. But, you know, half just pulling this stuff out, just thinking it was the most wonderful thing for half an hour. Our Christmas Day in Western Sydney, I grew up in Blacktown. I shouldn't say it like that, not Blacktown, I shouldn't say that. I grew up in Blacktown. But it was hot. I was born in England. My whole family were born in England, so we had no air conditioning. And I still remember the house being so hot that my mum would always cook the roast, would always have the, the, the Yorkshire puddings and the roast and the whole bit. And it would be 35 degrees moving into 70 degrees. But there were bowls of nuts and chips and lollies scattered throughout the house all day. The fridge was filled with soft drinks. I just ate non-stop. It was fun. Before Christmas lunch, we'd all sit down and my father would distribute the presents. We'd all open them. We'd all surprised with joy. So after lunch, we'd go in the backyard, play with our new toys, play cricket. By about five o'clock, half of us were asleep. We'd overeaten, exhausted. Then the neighbours would start coming over. I lived in a cul-de-sac. It was actually one of the most wonderful times every year. I still remember it uh, fondly. And then we'd go up on holidays. A two-hour trip to the Central Coast, which took four to five hours every, every Boxing Day. No freeway back then. I am that old. And we'd be in our old Holden, sweating it out. Sisters, I had three sisters. We'd all be crammed in the back seat, kicking each other. It was fun. We'd give up our, our beautiful home. Not that we had a beautiful home, but we gave up our beautiful home in relative terms of Blacktown to, uh, to, to go and live with everyone else cramped in a little caravan. But somehow everyone was okay with that for one time of the year. Relationship, joy. Everyone seemed to just want everyone to be happy. No one was going to fight unless it really had to happen. But then January came. See, the joy we share with each other is never lasting. The joy we create for ourselves is never lasting. So the question is, at Christmas, how do I find lasting joy? Well, the Bible tells us the only way to have a true lasting joy is by drawing near to Jesus and putting our trust in him. And this is why the angels are announcing it, not so that every year we can start creating a, a happy time, they're announcing, um, do not be afraid, I bring you good news. Good news. Well, what is this good news? And why will it cause great joy for all the people? 
That's a big statement, even for an angel. Why? Well, today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. A saviour. A saviour? What do I need saving from? What, am I hanging over the edge of a cliff? What is this? Well, the Bible may not, makes it very clear that the reason our, our, our joy that we, seem, we try to create or the joy we can never have because of the life that has happened around us, the reality of our world, the reason it doesn't last is because that's not how the world was ever created to be. Joy was always meant to be lasting, but something happened. There's something broken about our world. And the Bible calls that sin. It is the disobedience, the rejection of God. It is the turning away and trying to live and create the joy ourselves instead of moving to the true joy giver. Joy giver. Joy giver. The true joy giver. Instead of moving to him for your joy, we move away from him and try to create our own joy. And that's why it doesn't last. And the Bible calls that sin. That's why we need a saviour. Because when we reject God, it comes with a punishment. See, Jesus is a saviour because when he died on the cross, he took the punishment on your behalf. He was your substitute. And when you put your faith in him, when you turn from moving towards your own joy and saying, no, it's my life, I'll do everything I can to create my life and move back to him, the creator of your life, and say, what is it that you will for me in my life? And I put my trust in you and I want to worship you as king and recognize you as the one that you are truly in the world. But when we do that, the very one that we worship has shown that at Christmas he's come in the flesh and he's died on the cross at Easter for us. And that we are forgiven our sin. We are saved from the coming punishment. Now when you grasp that, when you grasp that good news, when you grasp the bad news and you are willing to embrace the good news, well, the Bible says that's where true joy is. And I know many of us here who have given our life to the Lord know that even when we can't have joy at Christmas, even when our lives don't feel happy, even when the brokenness all around us permeate us, we know a deep-centered joy which is secure, which is at peace with who we are and who God is, that has found peace with God through forgiveness. And so we are willing to even exist in this world in a way which proclaims this good news simply because there is a joy that the world cannot create, that we cannot create. It is a peace with God. See, when, when, when the angel says that he is the Messiah or the Christ... He's saying he is the promised king. He is the promised saviour. And when he says the Lord, he is saying this is God himself, God in the flesh. This is the baby Jesus. He has come to save his people from their sin. See, true lasting joy can only come when we go to the true joy 
giver, when we reside in him, when we turn from trying to create a life which is empty in order to move into him and find that great peace and joy that comes through the forgiveness of our sin. And he says there's nothing past, present or future that is unforgivable. That conscience that is bearing down witness against you can be set free because he loves you, it says. And before I became a pastor, I lived in Western Sydney, as I said earlier. And I used to commute on the train every, uh, every day uh, into the city. It was an hour each way. And I still remember I'd just, became, I'd just given my life to the Lord. And I was sitting there and I was, I was frantically reading my Bible because I, I just couldn't get enough of it. And I was reading the Bible one day on the train, which was hard enough as it was because you're conscious of that. This guy sat, sits next to me and he goes, oh, you're reading the Bible. I'm like, yeah, at this stage I had no idea what I was reading really, but I just knew I wanted to know more. And he goes, yeah, are you a believer? And I said, well, yeah, I am. And his eyes lit up. And he told me how he used to be involved in dealing drugs, in how he used to be in a life where he did nothing legal. He was always working against all the authority of the world. And then one day someone shared this good news with him. And he turned away from that life, found forgiveness in Christ. And he found great peace. And he told me that he found great joy now in life. He thought that what he was doing was bringing him joy, but now he knew. And I said, well, where are you off to? He goes, well, three times a week I go to Parramatta and I help feed the homeless in the mornings. He goes, there's nothing I'd rather do. So he said, I used to live in such darkness but now I have a real joy in my life. And this is why back in Isaiah, which was 700 years before the birth of Christ, which I read at the beginning, it says, into this darkness a great light has been born. Because the darkness that resides within us, when we accept the light, is completely dispersed and the forgiveness sets us free, free from the burden of our guilt, burden of the shame, See, Christmas is certainly a time for joy. It's certainly a time to take a break, enjoy your family, enjoy the, the, all the food that I ate last night and, and just enjoy yourselves. Get some rest, get some renewal. I'll be on holidays for two weeks. It's important. But never forget that the only lasting joy can come through a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And you do that by turning away from your own kingship and putting your trust in him, acknowledging him as saviour, as Messiah, and as Lord. Well, if you're here today and you've never done that, let me encourage you to do that. There is no better place to be than in relationship with God when you've had forgiveness for your sin. And to do that, you simply ask God to forgive you your sin and to acknowledge him as Saviour, Messiah and Lord. If you want to know more about that, you can ask me, ask someone who came with you today that knows Jesus. But let me encourage you to make this a Christmas of lasting joy and put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, let's pray. Father God, thank you for the lasting joy that comes when you forgive our sin and that we can be set free from the guilt and the burden and the shame. 
Father God, thank you that you are not a God that lives uh, distant from us, that is sitting there just wanting to punish us, but you are willing to come and live amongst us in order to suffer for us on the cross, in order to set us free, all because you love us. Father God, thank you for this Christmas. Thank you for every Christmas. Thank you that it's a great reminder that true, lasting joy can only be found in the Lord Jesus Christ. So Father, as we go away from here, we pray that you'll help us to get to have true joy this Christmas and uh, true peace with you. And we pray it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.